it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. News headquarters in New York City. Always seeking solutions, never sowing division. It's Brian Kilmeade. Welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show with Allison Pete and Eric Harry Hurley filling in today for Brian, who has the day off. Welcome again to the Brian Kilmeade Show, which has earned its place on the Mount Rushmore of talk radio programs in America today. That's not just a friend of Brian's saying that. That is Talkers Magazine, which is known as the Bible of talk radio and the new talk media. Talkers Magazine places Brian number three in the entire country. And there are many, many thousands of people that uh, pick up a microphone every day. And there's room for 100 on what's called the 100 most important talk radio hosts in America or its um, sort of nickname, the Heavy Hundred. Brian Kilmeade sitting lofty at number three on the Mount Rushmore of talk radio programs and talk radio broadcasters in America. The co-hosts of Fox and Friends, One Nation with Brian Kilmeade, Saturday nights at 8 p.m. and the New York Times bestselling author. And you can follow all everything Brian at briankilmeade.com. Check out the bookstore. Uh, It's great to, to buy the books and have Brian autograph them. For you and yours, it's very special. And also, uh, com for everything about the radio show. And keep this tucked in the front of your mind. Available for pre-order right now. Brian's newest book, Teddy and Booker T. And I've basically, I can't say I coined this, but I have been calling Brian America's historian. Because he has put some really relevant things together, like the president and the Freedom Fighter, and all the other works that Brian has done. Again, welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show. We'll head right to the Brian Kilmeade Show Newsmaker Hotline. It's my pleasure to welcome Texas State Representative Brian Harrison uh, from the 10th Legislative District. And uh, I know of Brian for a long time, also former HHS Chief of Staff in both the Trump and Bush administrations. And you can follow Brian. Easy to remember his handle I, I don't think I can say Twitter for too much longer, Brian. I'm going to, have to say X, X Man, Brian E. Harrison, all spelled exactly as it sounds. Nothing uh, fancy, two R's and Harrison. Brian, welcome uh, to Brian's show. It's now Brian on the air. How are you? Harry, uh, it's great to be with you. It's a real pleasure to be back on the Brian Kilmeade Show. And as, as you mentioned at the top, just uh, want to extend my uh, congratulations as well to, to Brian uh, achieving such a w- well-deserved accomplishment, being ranked the number three talk show uh, in America, quite an accomplishment. And, Harry, I'm thrilled to be with, uh, back with you here again this morning. My, my pleasure, too, Brian. And I, I second everything you just said. And I've heard you one with Brian. You're, you're a great American. You're really important overall and particularly on this topic where Texas, you know, I, I, I talk to people all the time that it used to be that we thought of a border state as a handful of states. We're all border states now with with the yep. way this is all happening, that everybody needs to be tuned to what's happening. And I'll tell you what, I find it incredible that the federal government purposely under President Biden 
because they could do their job. They refuse to do their job. They sometimes have Border Patrol agents 30 miles from the border, like you're going to get a lot done there with binoculars and not even be able to to see with them. You need some kind of drone. So it's all on purpose, Brian, and you know that. And I love this line that I've heard you say on Brian's show that President Biden is fighting the state of Texas harder than the cartels and the human smugglers and all the drug dealers and these horrific people. It's it 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 must be just bizarre to to see this lack of attention and that it is their strategy to let people into this country. And in many cases, they don't even know who these people are. Now, that's exactly right. I mean, with with Joe Biden's posture at the border, look, he he inherited the most secure border uh, in American history. Okay, And, and so if he had just gone into the White House and taken a nap, for the last two years, America's southern border would still be secure. But unfortunately, what he has proven here time and time again, and with this lawsuit now against Texas, once and for all, making it official, Joe Biden is the America last president. Yes. He had to actually work to create this humanitarian, economic, public health disaster on the southern border. And he is now more angry at the state of Texas and our brave men and women in the state uh, DPS and State Guard, National Guard down there risking their lives every day to fight a crisis that he himself created. He is more angry about that than he is the five to eight million illegal migrants who have uh, illegally crossed our border. He's willingly allowing people on the terror watch list to break federal law, but, but he's going to turn around and sue, not going to prosecute them. But he's going to sue the state of Texas for doing the job that he won't and fight the Biden border crisis to try and save Texas and save America uh, from, again, the crisis he created. We are doing the job he should. And you know what? We're proud down here in Texas uh, that we we understand the founders' vision for the Constitution, that the states were supposed to be sovereign, but that one of the few jobs that they gave to the federal government was to secure the border. And so what I would just say to the president or his team at this point, do your job or get the hell out of the way and let the state of Texas secure the border. At both levels, Brian, it is an outrage. Number one, that they are purposely not doing their job. President Trump had the border wall procured. Contracts were out. All of this, were we've paid for them. The taxpayers have paid for all of this. And rather than finish it, they leave it purposely unfinished. Then you go and do their job, and they sue you for it, which is absolutely crazy. I don't know which court it will be, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. Ultimately, maybe it has to be the United States Supreme Court. But at some point, I do believe Texas uh, will be vindicated, and, and you, you will win this in the end because there's just no way that they can allow your state to be overridden by this by this problem, and and it yeah. is very very you're, significant. You're exactly, Go ahead. Exactly right. It's going to start in federal court. It'll probably go to the Fifth Circuit, and then possibly ultimately to the Supreme Court. You know what I say? Bring it on. Governor Abbott is exactly right to commit to fighting this thing all the way to the Supreme Court. Because look, Joe Biden on a, on a regular basis, his administration, you know, talk about lawlessness. They're, they're going to sue us under a federal statute that has nothing to do with this, with immigration law. They're suing us under some Waterways Act that involve, you know, makes it illegal to put a pier in an internal waterway somewhere. This has nothing to do with what we're doing on the national border on the Rio Grande. And, and this is coming from a president who is overseeing the most lawless Department of Justice 
in history. They're not gonna they're not gonna prosecute um, uh, illegal migrants for breaking uh, uh, the crime of illegal trespass. They're not gonna prosecute migrants for making uh, committing the federal crime of illegally uh, readmitting the country. They're not gonna do the job that Congress is requiring them to do to detain. Illegal migrants are not doing the job that uh, federal law requires them to do to orderly deport uh, these migrants. He's been illegal in the way he handled Title 42 and trying to illegally trash Title 42 from his first week in office. But Texas securing the border, that's what's going to make him take something uh, into, into action, fighting us, fighting the state of Texas harder than the cartels and the human traffickers. And let me tell you this thing about the priorities. He's fighting the state of Texas. Meanwhile, his administration has done more than any in history to empower and enrich the cartels and the human traffickers. In fact, there's never been a greater marketing or advertising campaign for these drug runners, human smugglers than Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's open border policies, which have incentivized the inhumane and dangerous journeys of millions of people from Central America. And it's not the state of Texas that's being inhumane. We are being inhumane, being humane by shutting down that border. He is the one whose policies led to almost a thousand migrants dying at that border. It's Joe Biden's policies that led to the United Nations saying that the border between uh, the United States and Mexico is the most dangerous land border in the world. And Texas has had enough of it. We're the first impacted. We're the most impacted. Governor Abbott's right to step up efforts to secure the border. I'm committed to making sure he's got every legislative tool possible to do the job that Joe Biden won't save Texas, save America from the Biden border crisis. A, a true tour de force presentation by Brian Harrison, Texas State Representative, appearing on the Brian Kilmeade Show Newsmaker Hotline. Uh, and in terms of the um, – I mean, you're living a nightmare and you're living in bizarro world because it's just it is crazy town uh, that they're running things like this. Day one, they eliminated all the policies that were working and then they lie about it all. They actually come on and say it's never been safer. Uh, you couldn't have this um, uh, secretary ever admit that it's a crisis. He just couldn't. It's like Fonzie couldn't say wrong. They can't. They can never, ever tell the truth about anything. Representative Harrison, how has this floating barrier in the Rio Grande that they would love you to take down instantly. How how was that working? Well, let me tell you what. Let me tell you one way to know for sure that it's working. Joe Biden is suing the state of Texas. Yeah. If what if, if what Governor Abbott and the state of Texas was doing was not working, Joe Biden and his uh, corrupt Department of Justice would not be taking action to sue it. And think about the insanity of this, uh, Harry. This is the equivalent of an, what the Biden administration is doing. This is the equivalent of an arsonist coming up to your house, setting your house ablaze, and then suing you when you reach to grab the fire extinguisher. Yes, exactly. Good analogy. Sick, sick to be able to say that and for it to be true is is beyond sad. It's Brian Harrison, Texas State Representative on the Brian Kilmeade Show. So do you have to just turn a deaf ear and keep doing what you're doing. Now you have to spend money getting sued by your own government, which is absolutely just ridiculous and, and disgusting and disgraceful. You just have to keep keeping on, don't you? We absolutely have to. I mean, look, we've this, I want your listeners to really – it's hard to get your head around how unprecedented of a situation – we find ourselves in. We've had presidents in the past that maybe didn't make border security their, their top priority. We've had presidents that paid more or less attention to their responsibilities there, but we have never 
in the history of the United States of America had a president not only not take border security seriously, but utilize every – do everything they can to make the border as unsecure as possible, throw the entirety of the southern border freely open to make, make it to where it's not the government of America that has control or the government of Mexico that has control. But we have put terrorist organizations and the cartels. Those are the only ones that have control over that southern border. So we are, the, for the first time in our nation's history, in a position where a state has to do the job that not only is the federal government delinquent in doing or derelict in doing, they are actively working to undermine it. We're going to keep it up down here in the state of Texas. We're going to keep the pressure up and do the job um, that Joe Biden wants. I mean, look, I, get, I want to go back. and You said we're all border states now. What happens here doesn't just affect us in Texas. If you are in America, you are impacted by this because when you have um, five to, to eight million illegal people crossing uh, the country, I mean, think about the scope of that. The 10th largest city in the United States has 1.1 million people. So we have had six or seven times the, lar the 10th largest American city illegally cross our border just since Joe Biden took office. Do you, do you, see if you, Brian, uh, Representative, see if you agree with this, because I have no choice but to uh, agree with this statement that they know exactly what they're doing. This is part of what they want to be a permanent Democrat majority in our country. They want millions of people who will be grateful to the Democrat Party for allowing them to come into the country. They're, they're sacrificing lives and future lives with all the drug products that are coming in, the human trafficking. It's, it's disgusting. It's disgraceful. And they're willing to do all this, and it is a strategy of theirs. It's not incompetence. This is their strategy. Do you agree with that comment? Well, I, I think I think it's demonstrably true. Everything you just said. I mean, it's, it's one of the very you know Joe Biden told a lot of lies on the campaign trail. You know, he promised he would follow the science with COVID. He lied. He promised he'd be a uniter yeah. and not a divider. That was a lie. But he campaigned on open borders, and by God, he's giving us open borders. Yes. And we know that it's true because he's uh, uh, basically admitted that up to thirty thousand a month he's going to let in on some made up bogus parole program. It pans them out to an admission that these people have no legal status to be here, but he's going to bring them in uh, anyway. He is committed to fundamentally remaking America, and that's absolutely what he's doing through his immigration policy. And, and we've got to run, but I just want to echo that and, and just say they know that once you get millions of people in here, there's no way to deport them all. They know get them in, and they're going to try to make them citizens, and then they're going to have them vote. And they're going to do everything they can to make them and have them vote Democrat. And they're willing to take all of this other bad news uh, along the way. And it is it is mind boggling to see this. And I'm so grateful that Texas, that you are strong. You have the resolve to continue to do what needs to be done, even against the 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 your own federal government working against your best interests. It's really uh, amazing that this is going on in the United States of America. It's why elections have consequences, and it's why 2024 must go right. We cannot have another four years of these horrific regressive policies. State Representative Harrison, thank you for your leadership, and thanks for your time today on The Brian Kilmeade Show. Great to be with you, Harry, and always great to be back on The Brian Kilmeade Show. Have a great rest of your day. You do the same. That, my friends, that's leadership. 
and Texas is leading. All right, you're not going to do what your job, that's your job, you're not going to do it? All right, we're going to do it. Oh, when we do your job that you should be doing, you then sue us and continue to make it easier for MS-13 and all these different horrible types. And look, there's a lot of good people that came here because they got told, hey, you can get in now. This guy Biden is president. He's opened up the doors. You can get in. And believe me, the word gets out quick. They have maps. They know exactly what they're doing. And in many cases, people are paying unbelievable amounts of money that continues even after they get here. They continue to make payments. So uh, Representative Harrison, spot on. We'll be right back. Coming up, a mini segment that you're not going to want to miss. And then Miranda Devine, she's done it again. We'll be back. Stay with us. It's a big news day. Always is on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Coming to you on a need-to-know basis, because, man, do you need to know. It's Brian Kilmeade. Fox News Radio On Demand on the Fox News app. Download the app and just click listen. When you swipe left, you can listen to your favorite Fox News talk shows live. Swipe right for the latest Fox News Radio newscasts on demand. Fox News Radio on the Fox News app. Download it today. He's so busy, he'll make your head spin. It's Brian Kilmeade. The one person that is sowing chaos is Governor Abbott. That's what he continues to do, political stunts, in an inhumane way. Uh, He's actively undermining our border enforcement plan, which, again, has the lowest level of unlawful border crossings in over two years. He's making this more difficult. And so he's not operating in good faith here. All of that blatantly dishonest. Here's Governor Abbott for himself. Eric, cut eight. Well, it tells you all you need to know about the Biden administration, that the only lawsuit that I'm aware of that they have brought against anybody concerning the border is against a state that's trying to impede illegal immigration, rather than using any laws that are on the books already to stop illegal immigrants from crossing the border. The fact of the matter is they're using some obscure statute to try to stop us from continuing to deploy those buoys. Is not grounded uh, in law whatsoever. Uh, we believe we have the right to do so, and we will take this lawsuit all the way to the United States Supreme Court. And from Representative Harrison to Governor Abbott, they're all they're both saying the absolute right thing, the absolute intellectually honest thing. And from the president and his press secretary, their dishonesty is breathtaking. We'll be right back. Miranda Devine has done it again, and she's next on The Brian Kilmeade Show. We'll be right back. Information you want. Truth you demand. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. Welcome back to The Brian Kilmeade Show with Allison, Pete, and Eric. I am Harry, filling in today for Brian, who has the day off well-earned. Now, when I said a moment ago, Miranda Devine has done it again, I really meant it. From laptop from hell, and she was right from the beginning, even when so much was ganging up against her, ganging up against 
uh, great work that was being done by the New York Post and Miranda Devine in particular, and now she's done it again. The New York Post columnist, Fox News contributor, author, uh, I want to say Twitter, but I think I have to say X. Her handle is Miranda Devine, and she's done it again in terms of uh, the Bidens. Let me set this up. We'll we'll welcome uh, Miranda to the program on the Brian Kilmeade Show Newsmaker Hotline. And, Eric, let's go right in to the first question. Nothing better than to let Corrine Jean-Pierre and the great work by Fox News Channel reporter Jillian Turner, because asking this question, even though Corrine Jean-Pierre acts like she didn't do anything different here, she did something very different here. Cut one. Chairman James Comer today says that the oversight committee, excuse me, has evidence that the president in the past communicated directly with foreign business associates of his son Hunter Biden many times. Curious if the White House and the president still stand behind his comment that he's never been involved and has never even uh, spoken to his son about his So I've been been asked this question a million times. The answer is not going to change. The answer remains the same. The president was never in business with his son. I just don't have anything else to add. Well, we do. And Miranda Devine does, I'm sure. Miranda, welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show. And that is a different answer than we've heard in the past, isn't it? Good morning, Harry. It certainly is. And it's hilarious that Corinne Jean-Pierre there is saying, I've said this a million times and the answer remains the same. No, the answer is different now, very different to what Joe Biden was telling us before the election and afterwards even when he was saying, I know nothing about my son Hunter's overseas business dealings. And now the, the, the answer is, well, you know, the president, he's not in business with his son. Nobody asked that question. They wanted to know if it was still true that he knew nothing about his son hunters over these business dealings. And you can bet your bottom dollar that they will in the future start parsing what in business means. Could not agree more. And it was very definitive and very unambiguous, whether it was Peter Ducey or the other day now, Jillian Turner from the Fox News Channel as well as Peter. And their work is so commendable because, yeah, yeah, you're hearing the question for the millionth time because you keep lying about it, and now you're lying with a new answer and making it look like this has been your answer from the beginning. No, it hasn't. And we know, Miranda, that President Biden has said to Peter Ducey, and he has said it elsewhere as well, that he's never even talked to his son about his business dealings. Nobody said, are you in business with your son? I think he is. And I know you're very evidence-based, but do you have a, a sense, I do, that the walls are closing and the truth is going to become self-evident here, I believe. Look, I, I think that everything changed after the midterm elections when the Republicans got control of the House, because before that, um, Joe Biden and his cronies could just operate with impunity, no oversight. And now um, you have the Oversight Committee and you have the Judiciary Committee and you have House Ways and Means. They're all working together to try and uncover the truth about 
you know, this isn't just some historical story about the vice president and his family getting millions of dollars from Russia and Ukraine and China and uh, elsewhere around the world for influence peddling. This is about the sitting president of the United States and whether that money has compromised him. So it's very important and it's just outrageous that uh, you have the New York Times and the Washington Post and ABC and all the so-called prestige media just ignoring the story or if they have to address it, um, they will just traduce the whistleblowers and call them so-called whistleblowers and run the sort of White House lazy line. Um, and you have to remember that the truth is up against the best lawyers money can buy who are ostensibly acting for Hunter Biden, but really acting for Joe Biden as well. Um, and, and you also have the full power of the White House and the Democratic machine. And all the Democrats do, you see them in these hearings, is they just keep injecting Trump into the story. Yes. It's like Trump, Trump, Trump. It's irrelevant. Trump is completely irrelevant to what was going on in Delaware for five years when the IRS said the DOJ was um, obstructing and slow walking and protecting the Bidens and stopping search warrants and tipping off Hunter Biden's lawyers about searches going on. Um, that is nothing to do with Donald Trump. And so that's all they have, I think, for Democrats is Trump, Trump, Trump. Exactly. Uh, they're banging the table because they have no facts. Miranda Devine on the Brian Kilmeade Show Newsmaker Hotline, author of Laptop from Hell, and now with this definitive report about uh, what's going to be coming out, we believe, this Monday. Devin Archer seems to me, I know a lot of people, I, I won't say they're confused. They just don't know, hey, he's canceled a few times. Is he reluctant to tell the truth? Uh, is he secretly still in good standing with the Bidens? It sure doesn't seem like that to me. Hunter made money. I heard your reporting last night with Laura Ingram. Uh, Devin Archer lost money. Devin Archer, somehow he's getting sentenced and going to jail. Uh, they, they, the powerful people that are taking care of the Bidens decide that Hunter Biden's not involved at all. How, is, how in the world can he be involved, but he's not involved? It's, it's amazing what's going on. I'm expecting Devin Archer, maybe he's reluctant, I don't know, but I expect him to tell the truth, and he's going to say that Joe Biden has dozens of times been on the other end of the phone or with these business people. He's he I believe he gets implicated in Biden Inc. this Monday. What are your thoughts, Miranda? Yes, I agree. I, I think he's been left holding the bag for the Bidens. And uh, so he's off to jail for a year and a day. And uh, I, I think he has nothing to lose. But also, he, he hasn't chosen to put himself in the frame like this. I think, um, you know, we haven't heard from him because that's the way he wanted it. And he just um, basically has decided to cooperate um, with the House Oversight Committee. They invited him to testify, unlike other former business partners of Hunter Biden who are just obstructing and refusing to come in without a subpoena. Uh, Devin Archer has agreed to do so. And um, I think from, you know, talking to uh, people around him that he just intends to tell the truth. Uh, he's not going to embellish. He hasn't got any revenge on the mind. Um, but he was there. He he witnessed uh, Hunter Biden perform this party trick where he would be talking to overseas business partners and he'd whip out his phone and get his father on speakerphone. 
um, up to a dozen times that Devon Archer saw, and then also where Hunter Biden organised dinners in Washington, D.C., or at Cafe Milano in Georgetown uh, in a private room for his overseas business partners, and Devon Archer was there, and uh, Joe Biden came along to meet the, and glad hand these people and really demonstrate to the people who were paying millions of dollars to his son that, uh, that he could have access to the most powerful man in Ukraine because, remember, that uh, Joe Biden was assigned by the Obama administration to be their point man in Ukraine and in China and various other places where this money was pouring into the family. And uh, Joe Biden knew full well what was going on and he lied to the American people when he said he knew nothing about this because he was there. There's evidence to show that he was there at these meetings. In fact, the White House admitted finally um, after we published stories about um, this particular dinner in April of 2015 at Cafe Milano and the guest list and who was there and talked to other people, uh, et cetera, who were there. Um, finally, the White House admitted, yes, oh, well, yes, actually, Joe Biden did go to that dinner, but only very briefly and, and not for any nefarious purpose. You wow. cannot be wow. a little bit pregnant. And yes. that's the way Joe Biden is acting. And you can you just know what the excuse is going to be if he ever addresses this, if the White House ever answers any questions on uh, these phone calls, these speaker phone calls. Um, it will only be to say, well, you know, Joe Biden's such a great dad. He talks to his son every day, um, and he never discussed business because right. he doesn't. Right, he never, Miranda. He's uh, such a good he's answer. such a good dad that he never ever discussed his son's business dealings. There's no good dad yeah. in America. America that hasn't discussed their children's businesses. It's it's totally incredible. I know we only have two minutes. Let's make it count with Miranda Devine on the Brian Kilmeade show. There was Bob Alinsky, very credible, and you know that because they couldn't lay a glove on him. No attempt to take him down took place before, during, or after he spoke. Totally credible. He says Biden was there and he met him and and that that the president was lying. Shapley, Ziegler, impeccable credentials, both have worked some of the most complex, important international cases for the IRS. Uh, they have said that the Biden Inc. took $17 million from these various countries you're mentioning, Miranda. And Devin Archer's coming up, uh, we believe, this Monday. This is starting to really matter and really pile up, isn't it? Yes, it is. And, uh, you know, on top of that, there are the documents, there are the bank records showing yes. the money trail, which uh, James Comer from the Oversight Committee is following. And as well as that, there is the confidential uh, FBI document that Chuck Brasley released the other day from a human source who talked to the owner of this Ukrainian company that was paying Hunter Biden a million dollars a year. He's, he's an oligarch called Zlachevsky. And Zlachevsky is quoted in that document as saying that he paid bribes, $5 million to Hunter, $5 million to Joe uh, when Joe Biden was vice president um, to protect him from these prosecutions that were happening from the Ukrainian prosecutors and to get the prosecutor fired. And sure enough, we know Joe Biden's boasted about getting the prosecutor fired. He withheld, he threatened to withhold a billion dollars in USA to do so. And uh, sure enough, that prosecutor, who was in the middle of an aggressive investigation of Burisma, which was the most corrupt company in Ukraine at the time, uh, and he had seized uh, property belonging to this oligarch, Slachevsky, in Kiev. He seized four houses, 
two blocks of land, uh, a Rolls Royce. Um, and yet, uh, a month later, a couple of months later, he was fired. And uh, that was uh, very helpful to Burisma because they got off the hook. His, the, the next prosecutor uh, just dropped all the charges, yep. dropped all the investigations, and Burisma got away with a, a small fine. Um, so it worked. And uh, up until now... Joe Biden has gotten away with that nefarious activity. And I think that we are going to see in coming weeks um, that his whole cover story is going to be blown. Miranda, I know you have to run uh, and they don't put cherry on top with the Bidens. They put diamonds on top. So they got a big diamond in there, too, that you've (laughs) talked about. Great to visit with you. Congratulations on more very, very definitive reporting. Terrific. Thanks, Harry. You're welcome. Good to be with you. We'll be right back. This is... The Brian Kilmeade Show. Expanding your knowledge base. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show. From his mouth to your ears, it's Brian Kilmeade. Well, no, it's not. It's Harry Hurley. I am filling in today for Brian, which is truly a distinct honor. And I am with the great team of Allison, Pete, and Eric. Uh, team Brian Kilmeade Show. Team Allison, uh just fantastic to work with. I wasn't going to do this, but I have to do this. Uh, I'm watching my friend, Tom Shalou. I used to fill in for him quite a bit uh, a number of years ago. He's great, great Fox News Channel talent. And the volume's down because, you know, obviously we're, we're doing the Brian Kilmeade show, Total Concentration. But I'm watching it during the break, and Tom Shalou is talking about a New York Post report that President Biden's dog has bit seven people in four months. I mean, this guy, if he had anything but bad luck, I mean, who's the character in Peanuts with the cloud over his head? Was that Pigpen or was that somebody else? Uh, That was Pigpen. Yeah, Pete would know, and he's agreeing with me that it's Pigpen. It's like the cloud is over the man's head. Now, listen to this. This is a great piece of work. Uh, I, I, I don't know for sure who created this montage, uh, but whoever did, it is the most pithy yet just packed with Joe Biden. And this is just recent embarrassing gaffes. And I don't even think these are gaffes. This is the the unfortunate current state of our president. You know, a gaffe is you have three children and their names are who, whatever, Joe, Sam and and Anne, and you, you, you say you don't know which one's which. You just quick, your brain's mouth is thinking quicker than your brain. That's kind of a gaffe. These aren't gaffes, but for lack of a better way to describe it, we'll call it a montage of recent Joe Biden embarrassments. Eric, if you would do the honor, if there's such a thing for something like this, cut 16. Let's go late and lick the world. For Muslim, for, we cheer for Muslim athletes like Kareem Al-Jubal. And 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 Joan, Shingang, Shanga, Koawa. Ban on transgender Americans, transgender Americans. I met alone with him, just he and I, and a simultaneous interpreter, 68 times, 68 hours, 68 times, more than 68 hours. All right, God save the Queen, man. I mean, if if. You're not concerned about this. I don't know what to say. You, you can't be paying attention. I mean, all of this deeply disturbing. 
if you saw recently the the, the White House, the um, the Oval Office chit chat with the president of Israel and our American president with his head down, looking like he was half asleep and mumbling through. This could have been on here, too, but what is it? But it was totally incoherent. I mean, he can't pronounce Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He, I mean, it, it just incredible. Transgester uh, and not transgender. And you could go on and on. What was the God save the queen, man? And this appearance with the president of Israel, when he had not just one no card, but this was like a butterfly. It's like a Palm Beach butterfly ballot that delivered the presidency for President Bush. This thing was crazy. It had um, so much stuff on it. And he mumbled through it. Like he wasn't even fully awake. Very concerning. Very, very concerning. And look, it's not just Fox News where you just say, oh, Fox News people, you know, they just don't aren't fair to him. Uh, I don't I don't accept that as legitimate criticism at all. I believe Fox News is incredibly fair to President Biden. Check this one out, though. This is uh, an awful cable channel. MSNBC. Cut 17, Eric. When the president travels on Air Force One, he usually uses these big stairs. It's probably the the shot that most viewers are familiar with, with the president descending from Air Force One, 30-something steps. More recently, President Biden has started to use the smaller set of stairs that come out from the belly of Air Force One. It is a small, small thing that the president is doing, but it's yet another example of how the White House and his team around him are trying to adjust things to accommodate for his age and really limit any sort of situation where that his age might be on full display. We've seen the president, you know, trip up those stairs, but they don't want to put him in any situation where he's going to draw even more attention to his age, which continues to be a major vulnerability for the president in polling. I've never played the game. It's not the age. It's what we see before our eyes. We'll be right back. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. From the Fox News Radio Studios in Midtown Manhattan, it's the fastest growing radio talk show. Brian Kilmeade. Welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Harry Hurley partnering with Allison, Pete, and Eric. Brian has the day off. Welcome to the program that has earned its place on the Mount Rushmore of talk radio programs in America today. Talkers Magazine places Brian on its Mount Rushmore of radio talk show hosts and talk radio programs in all of America. The co-host of Fox and Friends, One Nation with Brian Kilmeade on Saturday nights at 8 p.m. Brian is a New York Times best-selling author, and available right now for pre-order. I cannot wait. Teddy and Booker T, just part of the uh, the Brian Kilmeade empire, and I've been calling Brian America's historian. On the Brian Kilmeade Show, Newsmaker Hotline is just one of the absolute best in the business, Fox News contributor, former assistant U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York, Distinguished author of his book, Ball of Collusion, The Plot to Rig an Election and Destroy a Presidency. And you can follow him formerly on Twitter, now on X, but I'm not sure that's true, but it's close to being true. In any event, Andrew, middle initial C, McCarthy. Andy, welcome back to The Brian Kilmeade Show. 
Harry, great to be with you. You left out that I personally know Brian Kilmey. I should have I should have remembered. <laughs> but I know I always have you to back me up. So we got that in anyhow. We're a team. Right. Now I know every bit of your career, your training makes you your objective, your evidence based. I I've been saying over the past day or so in particular, and I've seen it even sooner than that, that it appears to me that the walls are closing on a very serious Biden narrative that no longer seems to have any credibility. And it's not just a talk show host making that uh, opinion comment. I believe it's factually based because for the first time ever, after two and a half years, Corrine Jean-Pierre, even though she told Fox News Channel's Jillian uh, that the um, uh, I've answered this question uh, a million times and my answer is not going to change. But, Andy, you're, you're the lawman here. She did change her answer. She changed her answer from that President Biden has never talked to his son ever about his business dealings to the president was never in business with his son. I say a distinction with a difference. What say you? Well, yeah, it's a it, it's a lie that's distinguished from the last lie. Yes, so there in you that go. Sense, in that sense, but it is an important uh, shift of their position, and it kind of reminds me, Harry, of you know the old saw about uh, you know how did you go bankrupt, and it was like uh, oh well over a long period of time, and then all of a sudden, yes. you know both. Yes. And I I get I, I think what's happened here is you have a story that. I think even by modern standards, which are Pravda-like, it's unbelievable that the mainstream media just won't touch it, won't cover it at all, Yeah, which means that it's been thrumming along, and then all of a sudden there's like a breakthrough. There's a crescendo of, of events that happen, and it breaks through. And what I think you're going to find is that um, once it breaks through, it's going to be – and I think it's already happening – uh, that it's going to be a scandal that I don't think Biden can overcome. I agree. I agree with every word of that, Andy. It's such a such a good point that you can only ignore it for so long. At some point, and I like your example, uh, you almost call it a dam, and all of a sudden the levee breaks. And then right. what happens is, then it's a it's a instead of like a drip 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 and being covered all along, all of a sudden. It just becomes like a tsunami. You're drinking, right. you know, with a with a fire hose instead of your comfortable straw. You know, you had Bobolinsky and the whole Democrat media ignored it. Fox News did a good job with it, but nobody else would pick up on it. He obviously was credible because they never could discredit him. And he implicates the president. You've got these IRS special agents, Shapley and Ziegler, I think will agree on this point. They were unflappable, impeccable. And I mean, it's not like they had any reason to lie under oath. And they, they showed bank records and 17 plus million dollars and all kinds of evidence based things. And also how uh, this case was treated differently than any case that they had ever seen. It looks like Devin Archer is coming on Monday. It's like the floodgates are open, Andy. Yeah, and as you point out, this goes back to Bobolinsky and the revelations, which were really, if anybody wanted to see what was going on, um, this was evident even before we knew about the Hunter Biden laptop in October because of the scut work that uh, Senators Chuck Grassley and Ron Johnson had done, which, if you remember, Harry, that was all based on financial records that Correct. were easily corroborable. Yep. 
and, and the the fact the idea that um, the Democrats could collude with the FBI and then those uh, those guys, the former intelligence guys, to try to hoodwink people into thinking that was Russian disinformation when it was just financial records that are you know that are easily that they're just easy to verify. Uh, and then you get the Hunter laptop, as to which there was never any reason to suspect it was anything other than authentic. So if you think about just that state of play, in addition to Bobolinsky, all of this was like right in front of our eyes in yes. 2020. True. And here we are three years down the road where I think what's happening now is the powerful evidence of the paper trail is simply catching up with what we all knew three years ago. So it's becoming a mountain of evidence. And the problem is, by, for, the, for the mainstream media, I think, that they at this point have to ignore it because if you take notice of it, it's beyond the point where they can say, well, let's slow down here and try to figure out what we really know. No, we've been doing that for three years. We yeah. know what we know. Couldn't so agree. once you take Couldn't a look more. at it, it's like Man Olympus. Couldn't agree more. It's unrecoverable, so they have to ignore it because if they don't ignore it, it's absolutely devastating and unrecoverable. You've also been very evidence-based and you've been very objective on my former boss, President Trump's circumstances. We know the the indictments that are on the table and they're mounting. I I predict there will be more than 100 when it's all said and done because uh, January 6th indictments seem to be coming. Uh, what we're hearing, and this is not factual based, but it's what we're hearing. And until we hear exactly what it is, if we hear anything, this is what's out there for now. Tampering with congressional records. I'm going to January 6th, as you know, defrauding the um, the U.S. government and this very obscure, arcane KKK Act of 1871. I don't see the factual links. Andy, maybe you do. Uh, and this seems like a real stretch to bring President Trump into January 6th, but it appears that the special counsel, Jack Smith, uh, is proceeding along these lines. Uh, what, what, are, what are your comments about what I just shared? Well, I think that um, – I, I think you're right. Um, you know, I, I'm always hesitant because we haven't seen exactly what he's got yet. And obviously, yes. he's been conducting a grand jury investigation, but it's not like we don't know anything. Uh, and my attitude about this, Harry, has always been that um, you have to evaluate. Let's start with January 6th. You have to, if we're going to be in this context of prosecution, you have to evaluate that not as a political matter or a moral matter, uh, but a legal matter. So the question is, you know, whether you think that uh, President Trump was politically and morally responsible for what happened that day. It's not politically actionable against him unless they could prove beyond a reasonable doubt that he intended for a violent attack to happen on the Capitol. And in point of fact, um, you know, in a in a courtroom, as opposed to these orchestrated January 6th committee hearings, the jury would hear that what President Trump said was that he expected everyone to march peacefully on the Capitol which would be the end of your incitement case. You know, there's no they don't have evidence tying them to violence. So if you take away the violence of the day and it's very hard to do because that's like the image that's seared into everyone's mind of what we're talking about. But if you take away the violence, what you're left with is 
can you concoct some kind of theory of fraud or corruption or now, as you point out, uh, civil rights of all things um, where you can show that he committed violations of law? And this is in circumstances where the Supreme Court just in May in these two cases that involved uh, cronies of uh, former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, the court, when they threw out these convictions, was adamant in saying that prosecutors are not at liberty by invoking creative theories of fraud and other vague criminal law terms to criminalize conduct that Congress has not itself criminalized in a, a codified statute in the penal code. So to the extent that, you know, this prosecutor is going to push the envelope to try to sort of rope Trump in with these extravagant theories of what fraud is and what the civil rights laws protect, I think he would be doing exactly what the court says not to do. And secondly, I, I, I just close with saying I'm an adherent uh, very strongly of what Bill Barr has said about this, which is that unless you have a meat and potatoes crime, a very serious offense that's supported by compelling evidence, the Justice Department and the legal process should stay out of electoral po politics. And I don't I, I think they're flouting. Uh, obviously, we'll reserve judgment until we see the actual indictment. But I, I fear that what they're doing here. Uh, is is nakedly political. Sure seems that way. Andrew McCarthy on the Brian Kilmeade show. The um, fact that President Trump revealed, and, and I think he's been smart to, to be proactive and preempt all these moves because it has helped him, obviously, politically. But as a matter of law, and this is, you know, your wheelhouse, when someone and I, I don't believe he lied and said he got a target letter and that he didn't get one. Right. So he got a target letter and he had something like four days if he wanted to come and appear. And I think it was I don't think he did appear. And I, if I was attorney, I would have him not appear uh, because I think he's being set up by Jack Smith. But let me let me stay away from opinion and stay with facts. He got a target letter. Does that almost always indicate that you're about to be indicted or do you get a target letter and then you're not indicted? Yeah, it's it's essentially uh, there's three there's three uh, so-called buckets, Harry, with the investigations that you you know anytime you're representing as a lawyer somebody who gets a subpoena say to the grand jury, you want to know from the prosecutor is my client a witness, a subject, or a target? Yeah. A witness is somebody who just has facts that are relevant to the investigation, like the teller in a bank robbery, right, who doesn't yep. have any participation in the scheme. A subject is somebody whose conduct is a little bit uh, obscure and being and under investigation and may or may, may not be charged. When they tell you you're a target, that means they've made up their mind that charges should be filed against you. And when Smith gave uh, Trump four days to decide whether he wanted to testify in the grand jury. That's a pro forma thing that that happens in nonviolent crime cases where there's no fear that tipping the guy off that he's about to be charged is going to cause him to flee, where you invite him knowing he's going to decline, as you just pointed out, for very good reasons. Uh, you know he's going to decline to, um, to, to come testify, but it does strongly indicate – 
that an indictment is imminent. It generally means that, you know, you don't want to interview the subject until you've pretty much done everything else in your investigation. Um, so, you know, basically you don't do that until the very end. So the fact that he said four days, that doesn't mean the indictment was going to come in four days. And I think there's reason to believe that the Trump team um, has probably in the last few days, as they did in the Mar-a-Lago case, uh, gone into the Justice Department to get a meeting to try to persuade them not to bring the charges, which isn't going to work either, obviously. But I think, and I'm, I don't know this for sure, we know this grand jury sits on Thursdays. It may sit on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, it's entirely possible we could get charges today. We could get them Thursday. But, I, you know, whenever they come, I think it's going to be soon. Andy, final minute. This is unprecedented. No president nor any former president has ever been charged. Is this getting out of control, though? I mean, this just seems so over the top, all of this. And Georgia's coming next. Yeah, well, I, I guess I would just say about this, Harry, that uh, and Rich Lowry made this point brilliantly, I think. If you thought, if you were the Democrats and you thought, if I do this, um, you know, if I file these charges, this is going to get DeSantis or Scott or somebody else nominated, they wouldn't do it. So this is a political theory that they have, that by charging Trump, they get the base all riled up and that will get him nominated. And then by having these trials and having all the icky testimony and information come out before the election – they will further turn the broader electorate against Trump and Biden will defeat him in the election. So I think it's it's like a totally political strategy. And it's clear to anyone with eyes to see that that's what they're doing. Um, but they're you know, will they get away with it is another question. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And I agree with that assessment. That's exactly what it is. And those that say, no, they don't want to run against Trump. That's why they're doing it. It's very Machiavellian. And they believe that suburban women and independence will go against Trump. I wish we had more time, Andy. Uh, it's true. They're helping him win. There's a reason why it was tighter, and every time he gets charged, his lead expands. Uh, people don't like inherent unfairness. They know that this is political. But if they can mark him up in the eyes of suburban women and independents, they feel that they can push Biden over the finish line. Or I think they would have taken Biden out as nominee and put someone else in, but they think they can push him across. I know we have to go, Andy, until we meet again. Great to visit with you. Thanks, Harry. You're welcome. He is Andy McCarthy, Harry Hurley filling in. I'm with the great team of Allison, Pete, and Eric, and we'll be back in just a little bit. Stay with us. It's a big news day, much more important content straight ahead. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. Diving deep into today's top stories, it's Brian Kilmeade. A talk show that's real. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. There is a photo of you uh, golfing with your son, Hunter, and his business partner, Devin Archer. Do you stand by your statement that you did not discuss any of your son's overseas business? Yes, I stand by that statement. Big mistake. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show. Harry, Allison, Pete, and Eric filling in today for Brian. Speaker Kevin McCarthy broaches the idea of a potential President Biden impeachment. Eric, cut four. If you're sitting in our position today... We would know none of this if Republicans had not taken the majority. We've only followed where the information has taken us. But 
And it is, this is rising to the level of impeachment inquiry, which provides Congress the strongest power to get the rest of the knowledge and information needed. Because this president has also used something we have not seen since Richard Nixon, used the weaponization of government to benefit his family and deny Congress the ability to have the oversight. And that is spot on. That is Speaker Kevin McCarthy on uh, the Sean Hannity program titled Hannity, and it is rising to the level of an impeachment inquiry. Look, there are so many lies that have been told, and it's all coming to a head right now. Credible witnesses, evidence, it's just all mounting uh, in real time. When we come back, the noted number one New York Times bestselling author, Brad Thor, on The Brian Kilmeade Show. A radio show like no other. It's Brian Kilmeade. Welcome back to the Brian Kilmeade Show with Allison Keat and Eric Harry Hurley. My privilege to fill in today for the great Brian Kilmeade, also a number one New York Times bestselling author many times over. And on the Brian Kilmeade Show Newsmaker Hotline, love his work. Number one New York Times bestselling author. 22 thrillers, so he's a number one New York Times bestselling author again and again and again and just keep going. He is Brad Thor, and we're going to talk about Deadfall, which very uh, much is intriguing in light of the fact that it's taking – the story is set in the Russia-Ukraine war, which is in real time playing out uh, for real. So what an opportunity to visit with Brad Thor. Brad, welcome to The Brian Kilmeade Show. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. I meant what I said. I really love your work. I love thrillers. I love action. Uh, where does your creativity come from in terms of creating these uh, very much well-read thrillers that you write? Well, I got to tell you, my joke is that I get the ideas either after the second glass of bourbon or in the shower. That's when I'm most <laughs> relaxed. Uh, but the fact is, listen, I listen to Brian's show. I watch Fox. I'm on the Wall Street Journal's website all the time. I am a voracious consumer of news, and I just have one of those minds where when I see things playing out in real life, I say, you know what? That would make a great summer beach read, a great thriller if I could base it around that. Uh, And that's what I do. And I'm not saying, Brad, that you have any duty to be um, accurate in terms of what's going on right now, because obviously uh, it's been tough. I mean, the bombing that Ukraine took at the beginning, especially before uh, we we began and others began to uh, assist Ukraine. They were just getting bombed into the, uh, you know, to centuries ago. They were bombing women's hospitals, pregnant women. I mean, Mm -hmm. horrifically just filthy, crazy, dirty stuff. Did you feel a sense of duty? I'm not saying you had to, but did you feel a sense of duty to understand what was going on in real time as you write a book that's set during the Russia-Ukraine war? Yeah, no question. That's a, that is a great question. And yes, I did feel I feel that with all my books, I want to get the details right. I mean, I'm supposed to give you a white knuckle thrill ride, 
but I also want to get the little details. It's important to me to get those done right. And essentially what I wanted to do with Deadfall, I love Saving Private Ryan. I love Mm. Band of Brothers. I love the Tank movie with Brad Pitt, Fury. And I grew up reading stories like this. And I wanted to take my main character and drop him into this war and give my American readers a big hero to cheer for. Uh, He's trying to get a an American woman that got caught behind enemy lines and that's been captured by a very nasty rogue military uh, unit out of the Russian Wagner group. And he's trying to get her back and he can't get any help because the Ukrainians can't afford to uh, give him any, any assistance. And the U.S. won't allow him to take anybody else with him because it'll look like the U.S. has entered the war. So it's my guy going against these baddies trying to save an American life. And I think it's an evergreen, just great, great combat uh, espionage thriller. Love that analysis of it. Brad Thor, the number one New York Times bestselling author, appearing on The Brian Kilmeade Show. And a little bit of background. Brad has served as a member of the Department of Homeland Security's analytic red cell unit. He has lectured to law enforcement organizations on over-the-horizon future threats and has been a keynote speaker for the National Tactical Officers Association annual conference. Your background, and, and I've only mentioned some of it, you draw from that big time in your work, don't you? Absolutely. And in fact, it's because of my creativity that the United States government came to me. Uh, they, they gathered up a handful of us creatives after 9-11. Me, uh, the author Brad Meltzer, who's a good pal of mine, uh, Michael Bay, the movie director of Transformers and the Benghazi movie. And they said, you know what? We got hit by al-Qaeda on 9-11 because we were not creative enough. And so we're going to invite you creative guys to D.C. and sit you down with all the alphabets in the soup. And why don't you try to help us figure out where we're weak and where al-Qaeda and other bad actors might hit us next. And as a son of a United States Marine, to be asked to serve my country, not by picking up a rifle the way my father did, but by using the gray matter between my ears, it was it's probably one of the greatest honors of my lifetime to have been asked to do that for my country. Brad, in terms of, you know, someone here say it's Brad Thor, he's automatic. It's number one every time. 22 thrillers. You know, it'd be easy to say that it gets easier. Can I make the case that it can get harder as you go on? So my dad, the Marine, and my mom was a flight attendant for TWA in the glamour days, 1960s. And my parents always told me, if you're going to push a broom, You be the best broom pusher you can be. I don't work for the publisher, Harry. I work for the readers. They're my employers. So I am constantly raising the bar. So to answer your question, it gets harder every year because I want to be better. I want when when readers leave those five stars at Goodreads or Amazon or Barnes and Noble, that's my annual performance review. And I get to enjoy this wonderful career that I love as long as my bosses are happy. So I want the readers, even if they don't notice that I've raised the bar even a couple of millimeters, but I busted my butt to do it. That's the way I was raised. And that's always the promise that I make the readers. I will never waste your time. And uh, you're going to have a good ride no matter what Brad Thor book. You, you were kind enough to say I got 22. I tell people they're like the James Bond movies. You don't have to have seen all the Bond movies to go enjoy the latest one. So you can pick up a Brad Thor book anywhere along the line. And, uh, and uh, that value proposition of me taking you seriously, wanting to entertain you, uh, that comes through with every book. Brad, when do you know – I'll use it. It's going to sound a little curt. But when do you know you're done with a character? When has a character – 
uh, just gotten to the point of, I don't want to just say diminishing return or corny cliches, but do you know when a character has had the full run? It's a good, it's a good question. Uh, in writing a franchise the way that I do, I bring there's fan favorites. And so you bring back those characters again and again and again. And I think I'd be, I'd be worried, Harry, that I'd have to start my car with a stick if I killed <laughs> off any of the, uh, the favorite characters. You know, there's always something else you can reveal about them. And that's part of what makes the job tough is keeping all of it fresh. Uh, you know, sometimes I liken what I do to having an amusement park. And every year I build a different ride, you know. And we throw open the, the the gates every summer. You get to come in and you can ride the newest ride. And you know, I'm hoping that it'll be your favorite yet. That the the thrills and chills will be better than any ride I've given you before. Uh, but yeah, I am very careful about not axing icing out any of those beloved characters. The, the conversation we're having is also a review of Brad Thor's latest in his Scott Har- Harvath series, Deadfall. It's a story that is set in the Russia-Ukraine war, which obviously is extremely relevant and topical. I mean, it's it's playing out every day. Uh, we're watching where some think that Ukraine is ready to win by the fall. Some people think that it's a stalemate. Some people think it ends with Ukraine uh, taking back land, the, the uh, annex Crimea and other land. Uh, some people think that Putin will pull it out in the end. Uh, so it's a very interesting time uh, that your book has come out, isn't it? It is. And you know what I talk about in the book, in real life, a lot of people don't realize that when the Soviet Union fell apart, a third of their nukes were in Ukraine. And we went to the Ukrainians and said, please, let us help you get rid of these things. We don't want them to fall into terrorist hands and have one of these nukes arrive in Manhattan or uh, Miami or Minneapolis or Santa Fe, New Mexico. Please let us help you. And they said, okay, we'll let you help us on one condition. You promise, you sign this memorandum, it was called the Budapest Memorandum, that says we will never be invaded and we will never lose an inch of our territory. And we signed it, and they said, go make the Russians sign it. And that was before Putin got involved, and the Russians signed it. And then in 2014, as you said, Putin invaded. This is – whether you like Ukraine, don't like Ukraine, listen, it's not a perfect country. They are still suffering from a hangover of being a Soviet state. So it's not perfect. There's still corruption there. They need to get rid of that. But Russia is a lot more corrupt. Russia has no right to be in Ukraine. And here's the bottom line. We promised those people. Give up the nukes so that it doesn't show up in an American city, and we'll make sure nobody ever invades you. And we didn't do that under the Obama administration, and I think it's a good thing that we're supporting Ukraine now. And I think the moral thing to do is to give them what they need to push the Russians out of there and put it into this. Because you know what? There's plenty of Russians who don't want to fight that are being forced into that meat grinder and are dying. There's a lot of mothers in Russia that are sad for their children. It is so true. Brad Thor, we are brothers on on that point. I am with you 100 percent. When they needed our help, we sent them blankets. Uh, when it mm-hmm. first was, was uh, happening now, that was with uh, Obama-Biden. Now with Biden, uh, we offer Zelensky a plane and, and a get out, you know, get out of there notice. He says, no, I don't need a plane. I need bullets. Uh, he wanted yeah. to fight. They want to fight. These Ukrainians, we do a lot of coverage about this, Brad. They're they're proud. They want they don't want to be Russians. Even if they speak, some of them speak Russian. They don't want to be Russians. Uh, they're Ukrainians, and they want their land back. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how all this plays out. Do you know from here uh, where you go? Do you know what's next? 
I got to tell you, that's the hard part. I really enjoy beating the headlines with my thrillers. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the old Chinese curse, may you live in interesting times. We live in very interesting times. So kind of picking what's going to be the next big story that I want to write about. My cup runneth over with opportunities. So I do not know as of now, but hopefully we talk next summer. I'll say, yeah, guess what? Shortly after I was on the show, I figured out what the new plot for the next book was going to be. Do you when you when you get all in as you do on a project and you complete it, do you need a time period to decompress where you necessarily you wouldn't maybe be at your best, your most creative? And like you said, you need the next storyline. So and I'm sure that comes from all the things you do staying current like you do. Do you need to decompress after something like this? You know, it's a great question. I've got a friend of mine in Nashville, a songwriter. He wrote a lot of the hits for the Carpenters, wrote for Madonna. Uh, his name is John Bettis. And John would wrap up an album with the Carpenters and go on a sailboat out to Catalina Island in California and eat only what he could pull out of the ocean for about a week or two. And I need that, too. You've got to put that creative water back in the well. It's not bottomless. So for me, it's take a little trip, put my feet up, read some of my colleagues' books, because I will not read my fellow thriller writers while I'm writing writing a book. So I get to read while I'm in between books. And that's that's a joy for me. Here's a question I've always wanted to ask you, Brad. And it is when and I'm going to just say this, you might not agree with it, but you are great. You are a great writer. You're smart. You're compelling. You're creative. And there's a reason that you have 22 straight amazing efforts. And I imagine each one of them you're proud of. Do you ever look at one? This isn't my question. It's a it's a new question. I'll do the next one after this. Do you ever look at something you've already done, and now that you can see the completed project, think like, oh, you know, I could have done this or I could have done that. Any any regrets? <laughs> no regrets, and that's a great question. I asked uh, the great writer Vince Flynn that same question, Harry, and I said, if you could go back and edit, he goes, no, 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 you <laughs> never look backwards. You only look forwards. You'll drive yourself crazy. So, yeah, part of being an author is knowing when to let it go. You have to you have to give birth to that book and put it into the world, and you can't look back. You have to just keep thinking about what the next book's going to be about. Yeah, you don't paint a, a mustache on the Mona Lisa or throw a can of uh, <laughs> Campbell's tomato soup. Uh, so now let me take you to number 23. Does someone as accomplished as you, again and again and again, number one New York Times bestselling author, you have an amazing following. I could keep, you know, uh, stoking you, but you don't need it. You're that good. Uh, do you feel pressure to continue to be great? I, I feel pressure to do better every time, and that's the Midwestern uh, upbringing I have, that Puritan work ethic. I always want to get better, and I believe that as an author that that's possible. So that's constantly the pressure I put on myself. I want next year's book to be better than the year before and so on and so forth. So, yeah, that pressure is there, and it's, it's intense. And that's why I spend a lot of my off time not only reading my fellow thriller writers. I actually still, believe it or not, Harry, 22 books in, I read books about writing. I want to learn how to write better characters, better plot twists, and all that kind of stuff. I feel that as long as you're growing, uh, you're still alive. I don't want to stagnate. I want to get better. I want people to buy the book, so I'm not asking for any spoilers, but I will ask you final question, final minute with Brad Thor on the Brian Kilmeade show. What's what's a takeaway from Deadfall? I think Deadfall is a classic 
espionage story, good guy against the odds, against the bad guys, and it is somebody you can root for. This is an exciting, exciting story, and uh, it's set in a part of the world that you may think you know about, but I got a lot of Easter eggs in this book. I think you're going to have a white-knuckle thrill ride, but you're going to close Deadfall, actually being a little bit uh, more knowledgeable about some stuff that's going on in the world. Such a good uh, time spent with you. Uh, I'm not only your broadcasting partner in this segment. I, I'm a fan. I, I have respect and, and a great love of your work uh, for all the reasons that I've said throughout the interview. Good to visit with you, Brad. Thank you for having me, Harry. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure. Uh, check it out. Everything he does is just top-notch, first-rate. Uh, that's Brad Thor. We'll be right back. Don't go away. It's a big news day. Much more. As we continue, The Brian Kilmeade Show. You're with Brian Kilmeade. The more you listen, the more you'll know. It's Brian Kilmeade. Welcome back to The Brian Kilmeade Show with Allison Pete and Eric Harry Hurley filling in for today for the great Brian Kilmeade. I recently wrote an article about all of this nonsense. This administration keeps coming after every comfort in your home. I remember uh, a while back when I wrote the first article from from me on the topic of gas stoves. uh, Oh, there were all these comments from the other side. You're lying. The government's not coming after them. President Biden said they're not. Well, he lies about everything. You can't believe what he says. In fact, I'm telling you, you're almost going to be on a 100 percent scorecard if everything he says, you do just the opposite. If he says go, you better put slam the brakes on. There's a tractor trailer coming. Hit the brakes. Everything they say is a lie. He did. He never talked to his son about his business dealings. He stole the man's identity from the United Kingdom uh, as his own. The plagiarist, the great plagiarist. First in his law class, only he was last. I mean, everything, not only are they lies, they are spectacular lies. So when they tell you they're not coming after your water heater or your refrigerator or your washing machine or your dishwasher or your water heater, believe me, they are. They even have years that they have picked that they want these things to go into effect. Here is a um, an interchange between the Fox Business Channel's Edward Lawrence, who's terrific, and the not-so-terrific Corrine Jean-Pierre. Eric, cut 18, please. So from this administration, we've seen them go after gas stoves, air conditioning units with regulation, refrigerators, washing machines, dishwashers, now water heaters. How many more home appliances will Americans eventually have to replace then because of regulation? So just to be clear, when it comes to water heaters, and uh, it is a... it is, uh, it is proposed, what has been put forward, uh, and if it, it is enacted, it would not take it into effect until 2029. So let's not forget that. Uh, so we want to make sure that we have the facts out there. And uh, if and when it is enacted, it's going to help consumers save about $11 billion a year. That's what the president wants to do. And that's a lie because, and they act like 2029, that's how they trick you. They lie and they say, oh, don't even be worried about it. It's, you know, 2023 now. This is not till 2029. Like, that's a lifetime away unless you plan on being dead in six years. I mean, come on already with this stuff. And we're not going to save $11 billion. The appliances are going to be so much more expensive with all the things they make you do. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show. 
from high atop Fox News headquarters in New York City. Always seeking solutions, never sowing division. It's Brian Kilmeade. Welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show with Allison, Pete, and Eric. My name is Harry Hurley, filling in today for Brian Kilmeade. And again, I welcome you to the Brian Kilmeade Show, which has earned its place on the Mount Rushmore of talk radio programs in America today. Talkers Magazine, the Bible of talk radio and the new talk media, places Brian on its Mount Rushmore of talk radio shows and talk radio hosts in America, placing Brian number three in America, which is just incredible. Brian Kilmeade is also a New York Times bestselling author, co-host of Fox and Friends, One Nation with Brian Kilmeade every Saturday night in the 8 p.m. hour. And right now, the paperback edition of The President and the Freedom Fighter, Abraham Lincoln, Frederick Douglass, and their battle to save America's soul is available at briankilmeade.com and available for pre-order is Brian's newest book. And I know it is going, it's just going to score big time. Cannot wait to have it. Teddy and Booker T by Brian Kilmeade, who I call America's historian because he is he is putting down and memorializing. And it's a very important thing. I want to talk about this for a quick minute, then we'll pivot to the topic this segment. It's very important that we have either historians, that that is their job and that they are intellectually honest, or people that are busier than anybody you know, like Brian Kilmeade, who also does something like this, and that's writing important historical books, because you really do have to drop the gauntlet on truth. There are just so many revisionists uh, right now that are changing history, taking people out, putting people you never heard of in, trashing people. I mean, it's incredible. So this type of work that Brian is doing, very, very important. Well, we talked history for a quick second about Brian. Let's talk education. And there's just so many layers to this. So we're going to just break it down like John Madden would do with his telestrator without the boom. We're going to we're going to break it down. This Florida education issue that our vice president, Kamala Harris, couldn't wait to just jump into. And of course, she was dishonest about it, so much so that even CNN and you know what they're about. They called her out for what she did. So the moment this issue bubbled to the surface, any chance to trash Florida, any chance to trash Governor DeSantis, President Biden, Vice President Kamala Harris, they take every opportunity to do so. So here's what she had to say about this Florida education issue. Eric, cut number 10. For these extremists, that was not enough. They now push forward revisionist history. They push propaganda. They suggest that enslaved people benefited from slavery as they insult us in attempt to gaslight us. Which, of course, she is doing right now. And again, this is the, the doctrine. Everything they say is a lie. And everything they accuse you of, they are actually guilty of. It's it's a really incredible and consistent reality. Lie about everything. They, they say the border is more secure than it ever has been when it's the opposite is true. And you could go, you know, Bidenomics works the day before. He didn't even know what Bidenomics was. 
still doesn't, but says he does. I mean, you can just go on and on and on. So that is not true. This Florida education uh, issue is not about some blatantly dishonest comment that slaves benefited from slavery. She makes one comment about learning how to do a trade or to do something and turn that into somebody saying that they were benefited by it. It's not true. It's not not true at all. And here is Dr. William Allen, who appeared with uh, Jesse Waters on Jesse Waters' primetime, Cut 11. Well, permit me to have Frederick Douglass tell her. He wrote an autobiography in which he described how the mistress of his slave owner began to teach him to read. She pulled back the curtain through which a glimmer of light shone before the master forced her to close it. But that glimmer of light was enough for Frederick Douglass to illumine a bright flame that he exploited to his benefit and his country's benefit thereafter. Such examples are numerous, and they are retailed in the stories of people who suffered the indignity of slavery time and again. And quickly, permit me to say, what this curriculum is about is having people who live the experience, who live the history, tell their stories. Good work, Jesse Waters. And isn't that an inconvenient truth from Dr. William Allen, author of Florida's Black History Curriculum? Uh, That is a complete, elegant takedown of the very inarticulate Vice President Kamala Harris. Have you ever noticed that the only time that she even sounds coherent is when she is actually gaslighting and being very divisive? When she was trying to take down Joe Biden, and I I don't believe the First Lady has ever forgiven her for this, when she called President Biden, then-candidate Biden, a racist and and talked all this smack, uh, she seems to be able to form a sentence when she's doing that kind of behavior. I just ask you to take note of that. Or something like this. But it continues. Because Governor DeSantis, I mean, this was a real meatball. He should have been able to knock it out of the park. And I'm actually very, very surprised in Governor Ron DeSantis because he's usually better than this. you got to have an answer to that. And I think his answer was one of the worst that I've ever heard. When you're accused, they were bringing it right to the footstep of Governor DeSantis. And this was his lame response. Eric cut 15. I didn't do it, and I wasn't involved in it. Um, but I think um, I think what they're doing is I think that they're probably going to show um, some of the folks that eventually parlayed, uh, you know, being a blacksmith into into doing things later later in life. I didn't do it. You know, I mean, uh, I've disagreed. Governor Chris Christie is a longtime friend of mine, and I was with him since the moment he declared against then Governor Corzine in New Jersey. But I think his presidential campaign has been terrible, absolutely terrible. But he was right about this when he took um, Governor DeSantis on uh, in terms of that answer. Just a terrible, terrible answer. And Governor Christie wasn't the only candidate for president uh, giving it to Governor DeSantis for that answer. Uh, There is Will Hurd, a former representative who is running for president as well. Eric Cut 14. There was no upside to slavery. 
Slavery was not a jobs program. And also Ron DeSantis just showed his lack of leadership by acting like it was somebody else's fault and not something that was done on his watch. Here is, here is the reality. If you're going to talk about how uh, African-Americans, despite being treated like, like property, despite having zero freedoms or, or zero rights, that they still had a tremendous impact on our country. If you want to talk about that, that's great. But to imply that there was an upside, it is unacceptable. Now, Will Hurd uh, is a presidential candidate who, in my humble estimation, is not going anywhere. Uh, most of that answer I liked. I thought it was fair criticism. The, the part where you try to bring Governor DeSantis or anyone else into saying that they they believe that there was an upside to slavery, that that is just a bridge way too far. Uh, it's really an unacceptable uh, allegation, and and it's just it's just not right at any level. But it's it's a fair slam, you know. When Governor DeSantis says, "I didn't do it, I wasn't involved," I mean that that is not the typical Governor DeSantis that that goes head in, uh, you know, where Florida is where woke went to die. Uh, he wasn't afraid to take on Disney. He's usually much better than this. I, I don't know if he if, if he didn't see it coming, if he was somehow caught off guard. I have no, I'm not going to offer any excuses because even just fast on your feet, you ought to be able to say something that isn't, I didn't do it, I wasn't involved in it. And it really opens up the criticism, and I can't remember, uh, Pete or Eric probably do remember this, but somebody over the past couple of days that we were here filling in for Brian said something along the lines of, and I, I never thought of it like this before, and I thought it was utterly brilliant that Governor DeSantis is running his campaign for president like he's running for governor of America and not president of the United States of America. I hadn't, hadn't thought of it in that light, but it, it is a fair comparison. And I have to say... And I don't know if I'm alone on this. I don't think I am. His wife is the star of the show. Telegenic, yes. That's God-given. But extremely bright. And what a story. When she, when she is almost in tears and telling the story about battling cancer and what kind of father... Uh, Ron DeSantis is and what kind of husband he is. I mean, she does a better job marketing and selling Ron DeSantis than Ron DeSantis does. And I've given this a lot of thought. There's something to this. You know, there's an expression. I, I, I don't know how to verbalize it, but I know it when I see it. There, it isn't just this lack of being warm and fuzzy. Hey, the guy is a former special forces badass. I mean, there's there's a lot. He's a he is a candidate from central ca from, from central casting. When you look at at the resume, but there is a disconnect, and when you're X number of weeks into the campaign and you're letting a bunch of people go. And I heard Kellyanne Conway on the Fox News Channel do a great um, analysis on this. 
and it was it was pithy and it was brilliant, and it just talked about you know some of the things we're sharing here, uh, in in the way that that Kellyanne is a friend is just so capable of doing. And let's not forget the you know I don't play the game of the the gender you know and identity politics and all. Kellyanne Conway, the only female campaign manager to ever win a presidential campaign in American history. Uh, she took over that campaign, and it had structure, and it had discipline like never before. And, of course, it was victorious. So her pedigree is, and a Fox News contributor, her pedigree is uh, without question. And she was talking about how some of this just isn't working. Things happen. Campaigns get out of control. You get bad luck. I saw a Chiron out of the corner of my eye an hour ago or so, whenever it was, during today's Brian Kilmeade show. Uh, DeSantis unhurt in car accident. And you're, you're just seeing, and that's not his fault, unless it is his fault. I think he was just a passenger. I don't think he was the driver in an at-fault accident. But when you're getting bad news on top of bad news, it just seems to go that way. And I'm telling you, there there may come a point in time where DeSantis is not number two. I don't think he's going to be number one. I don't know if he's going to finish number two. Tim Scott, you've got the, the – I'm not surprised because I've had the – Opportunity to interview him a number of times, uh, filling in for the various Fox News radio programs, the great shows like the Brian Kilmeade show. Vivek Ramaswamy is utterly brilliant and focused and smart, and he's not alienating Trump voters, and he's defending President Trump when it's smart to do so, but always reminding the voter that I'm the best candidate and I'm running to win. So you don't want to be a fake candidate that's running for a cabinet post. or You know, people know that when they see it, and they don't respond kindly to it because you come out inauthentic and a fraud. He's running to win. He's going to be on that stage. That's 40,000 individual contributors and achieving a certain percentage in, in, the, um, in the average of the polling. And he is close to second overall. He could wind up not being the nominee. I don't think there's any chance of that. But he could wind up passing DeSantis. And I will tell you, more unforced errors, more self-inflicted things like this. I didn't do it. I wasn't involved. Let me tell you, if there isn't an, an issue and everything that happens in Florida will go national right now, because the governor of Florida is a prominent candidate for the Republican nomination for president. You can't tell America, I didn't do it. I wasn't involved. You got, you got to have something to say. This is the same guy that's, that's run candidates to take out bad Board of Education members. This is the same guy that, that wants to end Reedy Creek and Disney World's uh, uh, exemption of, of basically being their own sovereign state. I don't think a lot of people know that, that until DeSantis went at them, and they, look, they came at him first, and their, and their charge against him was completely specious. Don't say gay, Florida law. Well, it never said don't say gay. 
That was a lie. The whole predicate was a lie. And DeSantis, ever the fighter, but he didn't fight on this one, went at them and say, oh, yeah, that's what you're going to do? Then guess what? You're going to have to follow the laws of the state of Florida, and we think you owe money, big money, and is in the process of changing their whole world. So he's not afraid to fight, but he didn't fight right on this one. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Much more straight ahead, including after the bottom of the hour, United States Congressman Jeff Andrew, all happening today on The Brian Kilmeade Show. Both sides, all opinions. It's Brian Kilmeade. If you're interested in it, Brian's talking about it. You're with Brian Kilmeade. I live in Florida. Uh-huh. I have been spitting mad uh, about the culture wars that Ron DeSantis has been creating. So when he says that he has nothing to do with it, he has created the environment that has led to this. How dare you? Shame on you people in Florida. The unwatchable, the view. And I remember the days of Barbara Walters and Meredith Vieira. Oh, I need Pete and I need. Uh, oh, no, I don't. I just thought of it. Elizabeth Hasselback. Lisa Ling. How do I remember these names? It was really a show then. This iteration is unwatchable and it is disgraceful and it is so incredibly partisan. Uh, and uh, Eric and I, we were chatting about this uh, a little bit ago. When you get beeped out and blurred out, you've really done something here. Uh, not even legitimate criticism. But of course, once again, though, It's playing off of Governor DeSantis saying, I didn't do it. I wasn't involved. That type of answer should never come out of the lips of a leader because it can always be turned on you in the worst way, which is what they've done. Your own opponents will do it to you in your own primary. And then, of course, the other side is going to do it. When we come back, the man is truly a patriot and a great American statesman and a dear friend of mine for over 30 years, Congressman Jeff Andrew. Radio that makes you think. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. Welcome back to The Brian Kilmeade Show with Allison, Pete, and Eric. My name is Harry Hurley, filling in today for the great Brian Kilmeade, who has the day off. Going to the Brian Kilmeade Show Newsmaker Hotline, the distinguished gentleman from New Jersey's 2nd Congressional District, uh, where he has been really just, I mentioned a moment ago, patriot and uh, and a great leader. United States Congressman Jeff Andrew joins the program, member of Judiciary Committee, Transportation and Infrastructure Committees, to name a few. Also does a lot of great work on the subcommittees. You can follow him, I want to say formally on Twitter. It's really weird. Uh, X, we're going to have to get used to that. Congressman underscore dash J-V-D, as in Jeff Andrew. Dr. Van Drew, welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Harry Hurley, it is great to be with you. Good morning. How is everything? Uh, things are well. Uh, honored to present you. A lot going on, and we're going to come out of the box swinging here. Uh, I'll share a comment for your uh, listenership and then comment on it. Uh, Eric it's the, um, the, the the comment from Speaker Kevin McCarthy uh, on President Biden 
and the potential uh, for impeachment inquiry, cut four. If you're sitting in our position today, we would know none of this if Republicans had not taken the majority. We've only followed where the information has taken us. But, Hannity, but this is Speaker. rising to the level of impeachment inquiry, which provides Congress the strongest power to get the rest of the knowledge and information needed. Because this president has also used something we have not seen since Richard Nixon, used the weaponization of government to benefit his family and deny Congress the ability to have the oversight. Could not agree more, and we're going to get Congressman Van Drew's take after I just share the following uh, add-on to that. Liars who lie about lying have had their lies piling up for more than two and a half years, and I think the check is coming due, Congressman. It sure feels that way, doesn't it? It does. I mean, you know, uh, the speaker referenced uh, Watergate. Uh, this is actually truly far worse than Watergate. Uh, we've never seen anything like this before. We're losing our freedom, and it, it's really important. Uh, we have the responsibility with the narrow majority that we have in the House of Representatives to bring all these issues to light. Some folks, and, and I want your listeners to know, I know it's frustrating sometimes because they wish we could just go in there from jumpstart and impeach. But we want to make sure that we have all the information, that we have the, the information that's needed to make sure that this is real, that it's strong, and that the opposition can't say, oh, you really don't have anything there. And that's what we're building up between the oversight committee and what we are doing on judiciary. You know, we're going to – I'll tell you another guy who should be impeached. I actually think we should start with him is Alejandro Mayorkas. Because he is a bad man that has done so much destruction to this country, left our borders open. As you know, he's the head of Homeland Security. And what he's done, and he looks at you with these vacuous, empty eyes and just lies. I've never seen – doesn't even flinch, doesn't get – you know, uh, for example, when when Director Ray was in, and and you know I was really going back and forth with him and hitting him hard for the things he's done because he's allowed – at the very least, he's allowed horrendous things to happen to the FBI around him. He is either incompetent or lying or both. But he started to get twisted up because most human beings will – Mayorkas will just sit there and say, everything's great. You're literally showing a video of all the horrors that are going on on the border. And this individual who's in charge of that has caused loss of life. And and just about any issue you can think of that scares you in this country can relate back to what he's done at that border. And it's the same with the president. The president isn't angry. Uh, in all honesty, I don't care. I say what I believe, and I wouldn't care if he was a Republican or Democrat, but he's a Democrat. He is cognitively impaired, and you can see whenever he's asked a tough question, he starts yelling at people. Yes. He starts screaming at them. That's not normal. You no. have to be able – you have to be up to the challenge, and he's done a great deal that's really wrong to this country, and I think more and more evidence is piling up between – and by the way, just speaking about individuals – my God, are we lucky that who is now the attorney general of the United States, which is just awful in itself, but that he never became a Supreme Court justice. Ah, you know, they yes. touted him as being objective, middle of the road, good guy, support on both sides. Thank God in heaven that he was held up in the Senate. 
Yeah, thank you, Mitch McConnell, because uh, he, that would have been a lifetime appointment, as you know, and there's no question he is a partisan of the lowest, worst order. I could not agree more. I want to let you take another listen to another of your colleagues. I think he has been just extraordinary and at every turn facing obfuscation and all kinds of things to try to tipping over things in his way at every turn, and that is Congressman James Comer uh, of the House Oversight Committee. I, I think his leadership and his stick and all of it, and I think this Devin Archer phase that he's going to be talking about is going to be really important. We'll talk about that next. We're visiting with Congressman Van Drew on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Eric, cut five. Well, I think we're getting closer every day. Uh, we're at the point now, we're in the deposition phase. We need people like Devin Archer to come forward and tell us what they know. Uh, we already have bank records. We have emails. We have text messages. We have phone records. Uh, we have testimony from other people. Uh, so we know a lot about what Joe Biden's involvement was. Uh, we're at the point to where we need people to come in under oath and uh, go into more detail because I think all roads point to Joe Biden. I think any reasonable American would see that. I must be a reasonable American because I see it. Congressman Van Drew, uh, Devin Archer appears to me to be a reluctant witness because he's you know canceled a few times. I mean, I don't blame him. They they know the, the hell storm. That follows, you know, when you dare to tell the truth about this Biden Inc. Uh, gang. Uh, but I believe he will testify under oath in this transcribed interview or deposition, whatever it's called, that will take place. I hear this Monday. Uh, I believe this could be a very big deal. This guy's going to jail. And then you had a corrupt Department of Justice somehow find a way to say that Hunter Biden, who was employed and being paid hundreds of thousands of dollars, this Devin Archer lost money. Hunter made money. Hunter has nothing to do with this congressman. And Devin Archer is going to go to jail for, according to our friend Andy McCarthy, for a year and one day. It's unbelievable. I, I, although I do think when you add up all the people, Bobolinsky, uh, Shapley, Ziegler, now Archer's coming. This is all closing in, isn't it? It is closing in, and that's why we're doing this the right way, because you've got to assemble all these facts, get all this information, and then you move forward. So, you know, I, as I've said before, I don't love impeachment because I think the way that government should be changed is through elections. And when you elect the right people, they then make the changes that need to be done. This is an exception to the rule. Our, the time in which we are living is an exception to the rule. We've never seen anything like this before, ever. And this is far beyond and much deeper than anything in Watergate. And if we had a legacy media that would actually tell the truth, you know, the, the problem we have here, for example, you know, the, I'm sure you saw the statistic that this president is the second most unpopular president in, since it's been recorded, uh, the first one being Jimmy Carter. Believe me. If the media was telling the truth and really letting the information out the way they did in those days, he would be the most unpopular president. It's not talked about. You watch ABC, CBS, NBC. They're still not talking about it. If this was Donald Trump or any Republican, my God, they would be it would be day and night, 24 seven pounding into people's brains. So quite frankly, there are people that still don't have the information in their head. They don't realize all this. Most folks, you mentioned these names, many folks, anyhow, they don't know who they are. That's our job. We're doing it as best we can. It's your job, and you're doing a great job getting that information out there. 
I mean, what do we know? Just, just look at the IRS. Look what, what Shapley said. I mean, how they slow walked everything to do with Hunter Biden, everything. And literally, there was much more. And even the, the IRS whistleblowers have said that, you know, the, the uh, attorney Weiss, U.S. Attorney Weiss, certainly um, wanted to go forward and expand, which it should have been, this investigation into California and Washington, D.C. There's a lot more out there. I believe we're only hitting the tip of the iceberg. We know that Joe Biden was involved. We saw the text message. We've heard the text message. We know what it means. Uh, This is just it's so terrible for the United States. We need a major cleansing and then we need to move forward and fulfill um, what this nation is supposed to be about, which is, and I heard somebody say on your show, freedom, faith, um, you know, uh, that's that, that's truly what um, this nation is about. And, and, and we have to move forward with that. And it's unfortunate. It is unfortunate that it's taken so much work and so much time. But nevertheless, when they push back on you, it's what I always say. People say to me, man, this is a lot you're going through. Say when people push on me about this stuff, I push back twice as hard. And that's what we're doing. Uh, Jim Comer's doing a great job. Jim Jordan's doing a great job. I'm proud to be part of that committee because judiciary is going to be very important. As you know, the impeachment process, it happens in the Judiciary Committee. So um, we're, we're going to do everything, and the House Judiciary Committee, we're going to do everything that we can. That's where it starts. And I guess you also have heard that in judiciary, we've spoken about also uh, impeaching Merrick Arland. He has lied at so many levels. He has stopped proper investigatory process. The Department of Justice and he slowed down what was supposed to really should have happened uh, and didn't happen with the IRS. There's much more with the IRS that we haven't heard. Um, All of this is critical. All of it is critical for the future of the country. And quite frankly, all that is so damn disgusting. But we have to crack it open like the rotten egg that it is. And it's what I say about Donald Trump. They are deathly, deathly afraid of Trump. That's why they are doing what they are doing, because they know that when he wins the presidency of the United States of America, he is brave. He doesn't care. He's doing this, obviously, for the right reasons. He lost a lot more out of this than he's ever gained. He does. Whether you like him or not, you have to admit this man loves the United States of America. Would agree. Uh, Congressman Jeff Andrew on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Three minutes in our interview. Let, let's pivot to these hideous thousand feet tall wind turbine structures that you have been so outspoken about. We did a, uh, a phenomenal interview recently on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Uh, with a Fox Business colleague that um, has been all over this as well uh, in terms of now there's a concern, and I know you can appreciate this. You were all over it in every possible uh, direction, the environmental impact, all the whales and uh, dolphins and and all the, the death and everything that's been happening. But now there's a military concern yes. about sonar and radar. So I've teed it up. You take it from here. I know you're you're – either opposed to it or at least you want the brakes put on so that proper further study can be done before we make a mistake that we can't fix. Uh, Give us your thoughts about how this is going. Let me be clear. Um, I used to be open-minded to it. I was for a small pilot project that was going to be done by Fisherman's Energy 
the more I've looked into it, the more I've read, the more I've spoken to people, the more I know I am absolutely, totally opposed to it at every level. It's not even a good technology. And, you know, when they're done in 10, 15 years with these things, after everybody's utility rates have gone up and we've done the damage to the environment, they just cut them down and they leave the rest of it there. It's unbelievable. That's supposed to be a good renewable technology. I can't, the blades themselves, there's petroleum products that are used, lubricants that are used. We're going to depend on the communist Chinese, um, and it is going to affect. And the pressure was really put on by the executive branch, the president, to shut them up. But the Pentagon came out. Others have come out and said this is going to be a real problem and is going to make us more open to any kind of invasion because it interferes with radar. Remember, I want everybody to know this is not the wind turbines that you've seen somewhere where there's two or three of them. These are a 1,000 feet tall. This is the biggest, meanest, most aggressive project. And let me just review real quickly why is it bad. Bad for the environment, bad for the whales, bad for the dolphins, bad for the eagles, bad for all kinds of birds. Bad for people, by the way, too. Bad for fishermen. Some fishermen, especially in certain fisheries, are literally going to go out of business. Bad for navigation. Makes us more vulnerable in our national defense. Um, bad for the utility player, payer. And I, I you know, I, I, nothing has, and boy, I've been pretty disgusted with a lot of things recently, but nothing angered and disgusted me more than the governor of New Jersey, frankly, and this legislature passing and signing legislation. And let me explain this. They know that everybody's rates are going to go up a a lot, and this is going to be less dependable energy. So the one thing that, for example, Orsted, which is one of the major companies that agreed to do, was if, you know, not if, when subsidies came along in the form of tax relief, that that money would go to the rate payer because they're going to rock so hard. And I want folks to know out there, not just in South Jersey, Throughout the whole eastern coast, through the whole area, through all of New Jersey, they're going to get rocked. Their rates are going to go way up for less dependable, worse energy that really isn't that great for the environment. But 30 seconds left in the show, believe it or not, in the second. Bottom line, bottom line is this, that they went forward and they took that money and did legislation that it doesn't go to the taxpayer anymore. They're even going to give that to the greedy wind turbine corporations. You couldn't make this stuff up. It's so bad. And the way they got approvals from the DEP, the EPA, oh. in record time has just been amazing. Congressman and, Van Drew. And by the way, just yeah. to go along with what these people do, it's just Ten part seconds. of the whole picture of this administration. They literally said they can come into your town, put the cables in, do whatever they want because it's wind energy. And what your people think in your town, home rule, all of it doesn't matter. This isn't America. So true. Congressman Van Drew, great to visit with you on The Brian Kilmeade Show. Thank you. Always a pleasure and an honor. Take care. Thank you. We'll be right back. Don't go away. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. Diving deep into today's top stories, it's Brian Kilmeade. Breaking news, unique opinions. Hear it all on The Brian Kilmeade Show. Welcome back to The Brian Kilmeade Show with Allison Pete and Eric Harry Hurley filling in today for Brian from our Truth is Stranger Than Fiction department on The Brian Kilmeade Show. We mentioned earlier when we believed that 
there were seven dog bites. This is Commander, not to be confused with Major, because Major also had a um, some some reason just a desire to bite Secret Service agents. Now I know they're around because they're guarding the family, so it's it's not like it's a shocker that that's the clientele that uh, ch- uh, that Commander and Major have the opportunity to chomp on. But it now is upgraded. There, uh, Judicial Watch uh, has obtained 194 pages of records, and these records yield that 10 attacks by President Biden's German Shepherd. And remember, there is Commander that you hear about now. There was Major before that. So it's in keeping, though, isn't it, with this entire misfit administration, just one problem after another, no matter how big, no matter how small. Thank you, Brian, for the opportunity. Allison, Pete, Eric, Ditto, you're a phenomenal team to work with. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the Show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and watch directly on Outkick.com forward slash watch. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.